worship leaders and worship musicians. I've been leading worship from a living room for the last 10 years, and the number one thing that I've learned is to trust my human spirit more than I trust my soul. What does that mean? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Worship Homestead. My name is Nathan Smith. Thank you for joining me. Today, I'm going to be talking about the soul and the spirit in worship and why it's so important that we trust our human spirit. But before I do, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free bundled guide called the Worship Booster Pack. It has five different trainings and manuals to help you and your team. Everything from live sound to how to arrange your songs, how to do songwriting, as well as video instruction on, on how to arrange a song so that it sounds as full as it can. Again, if you want that help, go to my website or click on the link nearby, which is blueprintsounds.com forward slash worship booster pack, all one word. All right, let's talk about what it means to lead with your spirit rather than leading with your soul. First, we should probably do some definitions. Probably most of you know that we have a spirit, a soul, and a body. The body, not hard to figure out. Hands, feet, etc., etc. The soul, we often call that the mind, the will, and the emotions. All of the inner life of the brain and all that. But what is your spirit? Well, in Proverbs, it talks about the spirit of the Lord. And I love how the Passion Translation explains it because it really gets to the Hebrew pretty well. So let me read it for you. I'm here in Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit God breathed into man is like a living lamp, a shining light searching into the innermost chamber of our being. It's a beautiful passage, and there's three things that we learn about the human spirit from this passage. The first one is that it comes from God. That may seem obvious, but when God breathed into Adam, that ruach into Adam, he became a living soul, a living being. That spirit was what God breathed in. So that's the first thing that we know is that the spirit of each one of us comes from God. So it's good, just like the body and the soul is good. The second thing to know is that our spirit is like a light. It's made of light in the same way that God is light, our human spirit is light. And then the third thing is that it searches the innermost parts of our being. What that means is that it knows things about us that our soul and our body does not know about us. And it says clearly in the New Testament that God reveals things to us by his spirit, right? The spirit searches out the deep things of God. Well, in the same way that the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God, our human spirit knows things about ourselves that we actually can't even process, right? So there's that deep knowing, that deep spirit that is above and beyond our soul. Well, God designed the spirit to be in charge and then the soul to be underneath that and then the body to be underneath that. Unfortunately, we've been flipped. Most of us operate with our body, you know, dictating to our soul and our soul dictating to our spirit. But the way God intended, it was supposed to go spirit, soul, and body. The other important thing to know about the human spirit is that it is the part that directly communicates with God, right? You have a red telephone, straight line of communication to the Holy Spirit through your human spirit, and it doesn't have to go through your soul. We know that because have you ever had one of those experiences where you know that you know something, but you can't actually put into words why you're, you know it or how you know it? You just know? Well, that's your human spirit. Another example is 
in Scripture, when you see that people have dreams at night and the Lord speaks to them in a dream, what's going on there? Well, your soul has a million thoughts in its head during the day. You know, I got to pick up the kids from school and I want to cook dinner, but I really want potato chips, but I should probably go for a run, etc., etc. All that is happening in the soul. But at night, the soul takes a break. The spirit is now at the front because the spirit doesn't rest in the same way that the soul does. And the Lord can talk to the human spirit during the night. So through a dream, you'll, you'll get a dream, you'll wake up and you're like, what did that mean? Well, God was talking to your human spirit because he was finally getting a chance to talk to your spirit and communicate with it when the soul wasn't online and when it wasn't, you know, muddying the waters with all of its thoughts. And we see that with Samuel, we see that with even Pharaoh and the king of Babylon. God was talking to the human spirits of those unsaved non-Jewish leaders in the Old Testament and still telling them what was on his mind, even though they, they weren't Christians at all, but he was talking to their spirit in that moment. So there we have the definition for the spirit, and we know that God can communicate directly with the spirit and bypass the soul. So here's the deal. Oftentimes on a Sunday morning in an institutional church, a lot of the things that we view as excellence are actually excellence of the soul. So for example, let's say your pastor is in week three of a four-week-long series on, I don't know, whatever, and you want to make sure as the worship leader that your songs are fitting in with this message, so you maybe have a production planning meeting, and you go over, okay, how long does it need to be, what are your slides, you know, what should my songs be that, that work well, so that you're going to make your, you're going to make your roller coaster, so to speak, you're going to make your the up and downs, the contours of your worship set work nicely. We'll have a call to worship. We'll have something energetic to get people awake. We'll go up. We'll go down. We'll finish on a nice note so that it lands exactly where it should so that we can get to the bump video, and then the pastor can come up and give week three's message, and it all is tidy and it works well. All of that is not bad. It's not bad at all, but it is a function of the excellence of your soul. Because those are all things you can do with your soul. You can plan, you can practice, you can rehearse, you can use forethought, you can have meetings, etc., etc. So all of that is excellence of the soul. What does excellence of the spirit look like? Let me explain. This just happened last night. So I lead worship at my parents' house, you know, literally a house church, and have done so for 10 plus years. So... The structure of the night is pretty similar from week to week. We get together, and the first thing that we do is share a meal. So we eat, and eventually, you know, once that winds up and we've we've talked about, you know, we've caught up with everybody on how their week was going, well, then my dad starts to clean up the dishes. We just have this pause in between. Everybody can go to the bathroom and, and get settled. I get my guitar out and start to tune it, and dad makes coffee and brings coffee out to everybody. Well, before it's time to start worship, there's that middle section where we just fellowship. We just talk about, you know, how are the kids doing? Are they feeling better? That's good. You know, oh, how long were they sick? Um, we talk about, you know, what did you do for work this week or whatnot? Well, on this particular occasion, one of our churchgoers, a dear friend, was talking about something that was on her heart. Her granddaughter had started this job and, and it was in a part of town where there was just some injustice in that part of town due to bad government. 
And so she was sharing how it was making that part of town unsafe. And, you know, we were listening to her talk about it. And it obviously it was on her heart. And so we're just listening to her share her heart about how she didn't like what was going on. Okay. Then it's time to transition into getting ready for worship. So my dad reads a passage of scripture um, about you know, why do the why do the nations rage against the Lord of hosts? He who sits in the heavens laughs. And he was talking about, obviously, Israel, that we needed to pray for Israel and what they're dealing with, with Hamas and the war going on there. So then we start in on worship. And we get two songs in, and I'm singing a song, and in the middle of me singing the song, I, I have this thing come in my head, and I think, you know what? I think today we're supposed to be praying about justice. And it made me think of a verse that I had been reading earlier in the week, which I'll read for you now. So there was no really easy way to do this. After the second song, I started hunting in my brother's Bible because it was nearby for the passage, couldn't find it. So we had to take a little break and I went and grabbed my phone and Googled the verse. Okay, got to go find it. Here we are. Proverbs 6 verses 16 through 19. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. So I read that and I said, you know, it really seems like God is highlighting, based on what our friend said in Dad's verse, that God is talking about justice and how not only does he love justice, but he hates wickedness. There are seven things in the scriptures that he absolutely hates. And so it's our job to pray that into the earth, to say, yes, God, you hate what's happening in Israel, and you hate what's happening over here in this neighborhood, and you love justice and you you despise injustice. So we get to pray that you would bring justice to this area and that area. Really cool. What the cool thing was, was that God talked to dad and gave him that verse. God talked to our friend and laid it on her heart to share. She didn't even know that that's what we were going to be talking about. She just shared what was on her heart. And God had spoken to me earlier in the week and and had just reminded me of that scripture. And then in the middle of worship, it comes out like, okay, well, I think that's what ties everything together. I think that's what God wants us to talk about this week is the justice of the Lord. It was on his mind And so he, through the Holy Spirit, spoke to our spirits, and we put all the pieces together. But we didn't put that together until halfway through worship. What's the point? The point is that in that moment, that was a function of excellence of the spirit, not excellence of the soul, because we didn't plan any of that. We didn't have a production meeting. Dad didn't tell me, hey, today I'm going to be talking about justice. Make sure that your songs are all justice-themed and that we have a scripture that's justice-themed. We didn't do any of that. We were just in community, all listening to one another, and our spirits were awake and listening to the Holy Spirit, and it brought all of those pieces together. Over the last 10 years, I have lost track of how many times something like that has happened, where one person has one piece and one person has another piece, and we all share what God had been sharing with us. And not everybody has everything, you know, one week. Sometimes maybe my dad knows exactly where he wants to go one week. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes it's all the pieces that come together, and only at the end do we find out that the Lord was talking about grace, 
or peace or justice or whatever it happened to be. That means that all of us have to be confident enough in our spirit to believe, yeah, God talks to me through my spirit and I don't even have to know why or how I got it, but I know that he did. But I also believe that he talks to you and to you and to you. And that helps us trust him through what can be to the soul awkward times, right? Because when you have to stop songs, the transition wasn't good. It was absolutely clunky. Well, the soul doesn't like that because the soul likes things tidy. The the soul likes, you know, the excellence part. And we didn't get that, but we did get the excellence of spirit. The point is that to have excellence of spirit in your worship, you have to nurture it. It's not going to happen on its own. If you are in an environment where the top value is good transitions, songs have to be on time, excellent lighting, sound, well, that's all possible and that's, that's all doable in your soul, right? The souls of the people practicing, rehearsing, production planning, all that, they can make that happen. And if you shoot for it, you'll probably get it. However, if you call that the beginning and the ending of excellence and you do that for an extended period of time, you will get a group of people that have big souls and have unnurtured, unvalidated, unbuilt up spirits. Because what else would you get? If, on the other hand, you had an environment where people said, no, we believe that the Lord speaks to us through our spirits and that he can give us things that our souls don't know, if we can build up enough trust with him and each other to let things be awkward sometimes, if we pay the price in awkwardness or not knowing where we're going, to let the Lord speak to our spirits and we nurture and we validate that and we say the spirit is good, just like the soul and the body are good, but the spirit should be in charge today. The spirit should listen to what the Lord is saying. You do that for an extended period of time, you will get big spirited people. You don't automatically get that by functioning in your soul and searching for excellence in your soul. You have to nurture the spirit specifically. And here's the biggest reason why you want to lead with your spirit and not with your soul is because then you get the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You get that because, well, you can't get that without being connected to the vine, right? If you're connected to the vine, you bear fruit and you bear that fruit of the spirit. But you can bear fruit in the soul without being connected to the spirit. You can get good parking, childcare, comfortable seats, great worship, energetic speaking, eloquence, lights, sound, action. You can get all that as a function of the soul and not necessarily get the fruit of the spirit. They're not mutually exclusive. I'm just saying that you can get one without getting the other. But which one transforms people and which one has eternal value? The fruit of the spirit. That's why it's so important that when you lead, you lead and trust your spirit more than you trust your soul. Yes, my soul has had to do a lot of things to build up its excellence. I've had to practice my guitar. I've had to practice my singing and my songwriting. And I've had to do that for years, 20 years plus of practicing to sharpen my skills in that area. And yet, that is not the most important thing. The most important thing is to learn to nurture and build up your spirit so that it can hear from the Spirit of God so that you can exhibit 
the fruit of the Spirit. There's also one more benefit to exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit rather than trying to lead from the soul. Burnout. I always hear about worship leaders talking about burnout or getting burnout, having to quit. You know, it's just such a churn, a turnover. You want to know why? Because when you build something in your soul, you have to maintain it in your soul. And as we said at the beginning, the soul was never meant to be in charge. The spirit was meant to be in charge. And in that example I gave, the spirit gets to talk to a lot of different people and bring things together in the way that it wants to. It shares pretty well. The soul, well, if you do it, you have to keep doing it, right? You have to keep drawing out of that well and your soul gets tired. But God's Holy Spirit can bring people together in a different way. Yes, there are hard times. Yes, there are times that you have to push through. But it is not nearly the burden that it is on your soul to carry something in your spirit. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wasn't just talking about salvation. He was talking about how to live your life. So if you want less burnout, if you want transformation, if you want the fruit of the Spirit, nurture and take care of your spirit when you lead rather than your soul. Hey, I hope that video helps you. And I hope that you ask the Lord to help you develop your spirit in addition to developing your soul. If you need help with worship arrangements or songwriting or live sound, go to blueprintsounds.com forward slash worship booster pack. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.